Hey everybody, this is Jeannie Faulkner and you are listening to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting, the podcast. How are y'all doing? I am the author of Common Sense Pregnancy, the book, which is a Penguin Random House publication that came out in 2015. And in that book, we talk about pregnancy and prenatal care that works for both mother and baby, which... I mean, you'd think that'd be the whole point of modern day prenatal care, but the reality is that there are a whole lot more factors than just good patient care that go into, you know, the routine experience that most mothers and families have. You know, there's a lot, history, politics, gender issues, insurance standards, culture, fear, A lot of things go into the decisions that are made for women and by women when they're pregnant. And we talk a lot about those other factors in the book. Now, you can find that book all over the place. Amazon.com, your local bookstores, Barnes & Noble, wherever. And I created this podcast as sort of my way of talking about all the stuff that we couldn't put in the book and about all the complicated factors that go into parenting and mothering and living our lives with and beyond children. And what I've found with 70 podcast episodes under our belts now is that there's an endless array of things to talk about. I want to thank everybody who has helped spread the word about the podcast. Our audience is really growing so tremendously, and it's just, it's so inspiring and motivating to me. All you subscribers and sharers, you rock. Thank you. I totally appreciate your support. Now, I want to ask you to do me a favor. Can I get you guys to go over to Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting over on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you download your pods, and will you please give me a review? Now, be honest with your review. I can take it, but the more positive reviews I get, the more people will be in on the conversation. Thanks, y'all. I really do appreciate all your support. Let's keep this thing growing because there's just so much to talk about. So much to talk about. Okay, so what's going on in the world? What's going on in the news? Well, UNEFPA, that's what. Um, You've probably heard that last week the State Department informed the Senate that the Trump administration was cutting all U.S. funding to UNEFPA. That's the United Nations Population Fund. And UNEFPA received about $69 million from the United States last year, about $75 million in 2015. So, you know, cutting all of this funding creates a huge impediment to the work that UNEFPA uh, does in the world. And, you know, UNEFPA is the United Nations primary support for, you know, contraceptive and fa- family planning access for women and girls in um, developing countries. You know, it supports safe childbirth, prenatal care, gender-based violence programs, um, you know, and, uh, and advocacy for, against things like child marriage, female genital mutilation, you know, culturally sanctioned violence against women. Against women. UNEFPA is in 150 countries, and many of these countries get no aid from the United States. Um, but UNEFPA is, it's just about the largest contributor to health and human rights for women on the planet. 
So the Trump administration made this move to cut funding because they are interpreting um, what's known as the Kemp-Kasten Amendment, which prohibits United States funding of any organization that supports or participates in the management of a program of coercive abortion or involuntary sterilization, which U.S. funds are never, ever used for, ever, never, never have been, and there are lots of safety measures in place to make sure of that. But every year since 85, Kemp Kasten is added to the appropriations legislation. Every Republican president uses it to cut UNEFPA funding, and every Democratic president restores that funding. So what does UNEFPA do? It, it really helps poor women in developing countries get health care that's pertinent to their reproductive health throughout their lifespans. So that includes, you know, maternal health care, prenatal care, postpartum care, and family planning, voluntary family planning. There's about 225 million women in the world that we know of who report that they wish they could get their hands on family planning so that they could, you know, make their own decisions about whether or if to have a baby or another baby or so that they could put a couple years between their pregnancies or because they know that, you know, having another baby is not affordable for their family. They just cannot feed another child or they had tons of trouble with their last pregnancy. They almost died. They can't have another pregnancy. They want family planning access. Yet 225 million women on the planet at least say they don't have any access to it. So that's what UNEFPA helps do. It makes sure that women can get life-saving medical care, um, you know, before, during, and after a pregnancy, and during labor and delivery in areas where there are no other health services. You know, I was doing a, um, some research for a project that I'm writing, and I came across these quotes from women um, who are directly impacted by UNEFPA funding. And I'm just going to read a couple of these quotes because I found them inspiring. A UNEFPA-supported midwife in Yemen said, One night, I was called to help a mother and baby who were dying after a home delivery. There was heavy bombing and a curfew from 6 in the evening to 6 in the morning. No one could go out. The pharmacies were closed, and the electricity was cut off, and it was dark. But I decided to take a risk and walked all the way to her house. She saved that woman's life. It kind of puts my job as a labor and delivery nurse in perspective, doesn't it? Uh, UNEFPA makes this work possible. You know, they provide shelters for women suffering domestic violence and nutrition programs for malnourished babies and children. Do some women at these facilities also hear about abortion services? Maybe, but U.S. dollars don't pay for that. And honestly, sometimes hearing about an abortion option is simply a realistic, responsible part of providing health care. You know, my personal opinion is that abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. I kind of think that's the best we can do or should do in terms of regulating it because I really think that every woman knows deep down that not every single pregnancy is meant to go to term. Sometimes it's really dangerous for the mother to be pregnant. Sometimes it's an unsurvivable tragedy. Sometimes shit happens and women need safe legal resources. 
Does the U.S. have to pay for that? Nope, we don't. And we haven't. And we won't going forward because we have laws in place to make sure those lines don't cross. So why cut funding for UNEFPA? Well, I think it's because too many Republican politicians think that most people aren't sophisticated enough to know that family planning and abortion are two separate issues. They paste them together as if they're the same thing and try to convince people that your tax dollars are killing innocent babies. No, they're not. And most of us are really just not that stupid. Most of us have a better understanding of how reproduction and reproductive health works and what real family planning is. And I really, deep down in my heart, think that most of us are compassionate enough to know that if and when an abortion is necessary, well then, let's make sure the woman comes through safe and sound, shall we? Now, Congress, get your shit together. Knock this nonsense off. This is ridiculous and it's hurtful to women. Okay, I'm ranting again, right? I'm going to let that go. Let's, um, we don't have a guest to talk to. It's just you and me this time, guys. So I want to go to the inbox and answer a couple of listener questions. Now, here's one from a woman who didn't leave her name or where she's writing from, but no worries. This one's universal. I get this email all the time. So I'm going to just call this woman sweetheart. She writes, Hi, Jeannie. This is my first pregnancy, and I am so nervous. I am 15 weeks, and I want to try by all means to have natural birth. Do you have any tips? (laughs) Hi, sweetheart. Congratulations on your pregnancy. I'll bet you're nervous. I bet you are. I was at 15 weeks with my first pregnancy and my second one and my third, my fourth. Every woman is. Every single one of us holds that fragile edge between fear and hope. It's exciting and it's terrifying. There's nothing more precious than a much-wanted pregnancy, and I think you'd be unusual if you weren't nervous, at least a little. So, you want to try to have a natural birth. I think that's a great goal. I think most women should aim for that, as natural a birth as possible. Now, that also means that not everyone can have, should have, or wants to have a natural birth, but most can. About 85% of women are completely capable of it, as long as we don't mess the you know, mess that up by funneling them into prenatal care. That's all about finding reasons why they're not natural or normal, Um, which is kind of what we do with traditional obstetric care in America. So my best tips for having a natural birth are to get prenatal care from a provider who knows how to keep pregnancy normal. That's your platform. Um, You want someone who knows when things are not normal and knows how to get you some specialized health care if you need it and knows how to prevent, you know, the more common complications of pregnancy through education, information, and support. And usually that means seeing a midwife over an obstetrician as long as your health is normal. You know what? I actually, I cover a lot of really good tips over on my website, jeanfaulkner.com, under a tab called Seven Simple Tips for Having Your Best Pregnancy and Birth. I want you to go on over there for a deep dive into those seven tips, but I'm going to give you a bit of a preview here. So here are my seven common sense tips for your best pregnancy and birth. Um, You know, with enough information and common sense, You can be the boss of your own pregnancy and your birth. Now, obviously, you'll consult with your midwife or your doctor, but ultimately, your health is up to you. With that in mind, here are my common sense tips. One, 
Get healthy before or as soon as you're pregnant. Knock off the bad habits like smoking and drinking and bump up the good ones, eating well, exercising, and de-stressing your lifestyle. Now, this is really common sense. We all know this by now. You have to eat well when you're pregnant. Frankly, I think you have to eat well all the time. Your nutrition is really important, not just because you want to have a healthy baby, but mama, you're important. Your body is important. You're going to use that body for the rest of your life to do your work in the world, to raise your children, to love your partner, to be who you are. Keep it healthy by, you know, nourishing and hydrating and exercising and doing the things that you know are best for you. Number two, get the right maternal health care. Um, I mentioned that just a minute ago. If you're healthy, consider seeing a midwife. If your medical situation is more complicated, an obstetrician or another specialist might be a better fit. Now, that's not to say that there aren't plenty of obstetricians out there who practice just like midwives. They know how to keep things normal and healthy, and they don't, you know, go to the ends of the earth to test you for everything. Um, but, you know, you have to do your research and you are upping the odds of being treated like a normal, healthy person if you see a midwife. Um, number three, be pregnant like a boss. It's your health and you are responsible for it. Your midwife or doctor work for you. You hire them to provide information and services, but making the right healthcare choices is your job. Too often, women consider health something that their healthcare provider gives them or makes them do. Uh -uh. They're giving you the information and ultimately you are making the decisions. You're calling the shots. The more information you know, the better boss you are. Four, eat the right stuff and watch the weight. Many pregnant women don't eat enough healthy stuff and they gain unhealthy amounts of weight. And that's when they develop high blood pressure, gestational diabetes, and other complications. They increase their risks for having a C-section, for having an abnormally large baby that's really hard to deliver. All kinds of issues happen. Not to mention the fact that, you know, after you have your baby, if you're still carrying that weight, it drags you down. Um, eat right and watch the weight. You know, there's a range that's healthy for weight gain during pregnancy. Even if you're starting out healthier than you'd like to be, um, or you're starting out heavier, I mean, than you'd like to be, there's a range and you should talk to your healthcare provider about that and do your very, very best through making healthy food choices and exercise to stay within that range. You and your baby will thank yourself for it later. Five, move your body. Exercise is important for weight, con weight control, for developing a healthy placenta, for stable blood sugar, and for reducing stress. It's a freaking miracle worker. Just do it. Six, get some rest, will ya? Growing someone else's body is exhausting. If you don't rest, you're asking for illness. If you're tired, take a break. Seven, be flexible. After you've made your plans about how your pregnancy, birth, and parenting will go, let go. Flexibility is key. Just do your best and chances are that'll be good enough. So you can learn more, hun, about, you know, how to navigate for the best pregnancy, labor, and delivery for you and for your baby over on my book. Go get my book, Common Sense Pregnancy. 
let's see. We have another one here. Okay, one more email this week. And this one is from Halima. Halima writes, I am 30 weeks plus pregnant with three previous C-sections. I am on hospital bed rest for premature contractions. I'm having slight pain at the scar, especially after the occasional cramps. Is it a cause for concern? Hmm, it's a good question, Halima. It might be cause for concern. Um, I think it's probably not too worrisome. Um, but three previous C-sections is kind of a lot. So that makes me kind of, you know, worry a little bit. You know, when you've had three C-sections, that means that the muscle fibers of the uterus have been cut through and healed several times, which can make the muscle super strong, you know, certainly strong enough to withstand a normal pregnancy. But repeated incisions can also make scar tissue fragile, especially on the uterus, which gets stretched to maximum capacity during the last trimester of pregnancy, which you're, you're there. Um, it's probably normal that your scar aches, you know, with the premature contractions you're having, sort of how, a- how any muscle will ache with use, especially if it's sustained a previous injury. The thing is, though, there's a very slight chance less than 1% chance that your uterine scar could be so fragile that it could rupture. Um, That would be cause for concern. That would be deadly serious for you and your baby. Now, I, my gut says, I don't think that's happening to you um, because there are other symptoms that come along with that. You would be having intense pain. You would be having bleeding. You would be having, you know, more signs than that. Um, but you mentioned that you're already on hospital bed rest for premature contractions. And that indicates to me that people are keeping a close eye on you. And I'm glad to hear that. I hope that they know what you're feeling. And I hope that they can reassure you that you and your baby are okay. Hopefully they can also reassure you that if anything goes wrong, they're right there to fix it. I hope that helps, Halima. I can't give you an absolute, you know, Don't worry on that because you've had a few C-sections. You should worry a little bit maybe. Um, Or maybe not worry because I really think that worry is, it's unavoidable, but it's kind of useless. It means that you need to get more reassurance and you need to find a place of being able to be comfortable with uncertainty. Um, I hope that helps. I hope this pregnancy continues smoothly and that you deliver a beautiful, healthy little one. Be well, Halima. I think that's it for this week, folks. I hope you will all go over and subscribe to this podcast so that you get every episode and review, will you? I want to boost this. Um, We're growing. We're growing fast. We're growing big. But, you know, we are at this radical time in history. And women's lives are on the line. We need to make sure that people are hearing accurate information from a variety of perspectives about the issues that are really pertinent to our times, to our parenthood, to our lives. And that's what this podcast is about. And I really appreciate your support. Common Sense Pregnancy and Parenting is produced in Portland, Oregon by Alex Ward at Sounds Like Pictures Studios. You can learn more about about me uh, over at jeanfaulkner.com. You can pick up my book, Common Sense Pregnancy, anywhere books are sold. 
You can tweet me at Gene Faulkner, email me Gene at Gene Faulkner, um, and you know, ask your questions. Let me know what you're thinking. Give me your feedback. Thanks, everybody. Let's keep this conversation going. We'll talk again next week. Bye-bye. Mama said there'll be days like this. There'll be days like this.